Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com slash MIM. It's the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with the faculty chair of autonomous vehicle engineering at Princeton University, Alan Kornhauser. Hi, Alan. Good morning, Fred. Well, first off, Alan, there's a piece appearing on NBC Mock titled Six Surprising Ways Driverless Cars Will Change Our World. Very interesting, especially since they turn to you as a source here. Number one, we'll be less likely to own a car. Well, yes, I think, because uh, we're going to be uh, chauffeured around. And, uh, you know, like I always like to compare at least the driverless future with uh, with using elevators in a high-rise building. Uh, you know, in an elevator, you go to an area, you, you door opens, you get in, some other people get in, go with you. You don't own the elevator, um, and uh, very few of us do. And this is the way we'll be getting around uh, horizontally. You'll maybe walk a block. Uh, there'll be an area where there are some <clears throat> vehicles. You'll be directed to uh, one of them. Somebody else may get, <laughs> may get in with you, and off you go to uh, where you're going. And uh, and then when you get out, uh, it goes and, and is used by somebody else, just like the elevator is used by somebody else. And you, you won't want to own them. Uh, and probably uh, no one will want to sell you one because uh, the uh, fleet manager that is operating uh, vehicles in, in, a, in a shared environment throughout the day can get much better utilization and therefore will be willing to pay more for that vehicle than you'll be willing to pay for it. So. Um, uh, you won't own them. Uh, you, you might own one that you uh, keep in the, you'll still have the driveway in your home, probably, and uh, you'll keep one there and you'll look at it, it'll look good, like a, like a 55 Chevy looks good, um, you know, outside the home. And every once in a while you'll drive it, but, um, but my goodness, uh, uh, having uh, two Two-car families, you know, why bother? Uh, uh, just at least that's the way I see it. Do you envision uh, subscription services or things more like uh, we have today with Lyft and Uber, that kind of thing? Well, uh, you know, they'll probably sell you a monthly pass like they do uh, if you uh, – Take a train to New York. You know, if you take if you use it every day and you use it a lot, uh, then there <clears throat> there's that. And I'm thinking that uh, it may actually end up being free. Um, uh, an elevator in the building is free. At least I don't know of any where they actually charge you to use one. And and the reason it's free is that whoever's renting the the floors up above has has realized that that the accessibility provided by the elevator means everything. Uh, that that area that you're renting either to live in or to have your shop in or your restaurant in or whatever um, has value only if uh, people can get to it and get to it easily. They're not going to use the steps. So therefore, um, built into the rent 
that you pay for the for living or or for your restaurant in that floor uh, goes to the provision of the mobility that gets people to and from you, your 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 area uh, and your floor. And we may evolve to having the same sort of thing. Um, you want a restaurant out someplace? Well, people have to get there. So basically, you pay a. It's part of your operating costs. You pay a fee, and that fee goes to uh, to a fleet manager that manages these horizontal elevators. They're not in shafts; they operate in roads, and um, and they pick you up and take you there if that's where you want to go, and so on. So um, it may evolve to that. It, it'd be really interesting, uh, and I know it's sort of way out, but. Uh, uh, but if you if you uh, really look at and I, I focus on the elevator analogy because to me that's the closest thing to to uh, driverless or chauffeured mobility. We are chauffeured up and down in a building, and um, and we may end up getting chauffeured by a, again an automated um, um, artificial intelligence uh, entity that moves us around horizontally. It's, uh, I guess people can think along the lines of uh, a hotel providing transportation to the hotel from the airport. In this case, though, it might be Amazon providing transportation for you to go to Whole Foods, that kind of thing. Sure, or, or you know, everybody, uh, everybody's out there. They need to get people there. They basically throw money into the pot, and the system goes. And sometimes it takes you to the airport. Sometimes it takes you to to Whole Foods. Again, if you, <laughs> the elevator analogy, if you look at a tall building that's that's multi-purpose, um, it's not that there's one elevator. Well, maybe <clears throat> Windows on the World in the old World Trade Center had an elevator just to the windows on the world. But but in most other places, it, it you know, transportation is really a utility. And as a utility, there should be, you know, one uh, the efficient way for a utility to operate is with one uh, uh, central uh, common user. And that's where you get the economies. Now, uh, uh, at times, uh, some practical aspects get into the picture here, and uh, that doesn't work quite as well as it, it should. But uh, but that's sort of, um, I guess, the theoretical uh, possibility. One of the other points made in the article is that donor organs could be in short supply. That because of uh, fewer fatal accidents, I suppose, on the road. Uh, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Uh, I don't know how to comment on that. That's just, uh, that's, that's, that's enormously unfortunate. It's, but it's enormously unfortunate that the way that we are getting donor organs is by having carnage in our transportation system. So one doesn't quite know how to respond to that. Here, you know, the, the silver lining of having having crashes is, my goodness, we're going to be able to save some other people. And I guess it's always good to have some silver linings and the things that are bad. But all of a sudden, if you if you really deal with the, the, the problem and the badness, uh, the silver lining also goes away. So, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know what to say. Well, there's 
hopefully science will be able to solve that problem to a uh, growing organs in the laboratory. That's what the future holds. System should should also improve so so our organs last longer and therefore we don't need the replacement. How about that one? I'm for that. Now we've got more from the smart driving car newsletter to talk about. Uh, we knew this was coming. Waymo has applied to test driverless cars on California streets. Uh, surprise, surprise. Uh, I guess last week or so they were saying somebody had applied and I. And uh, I, w- I went way out on a limb and said, well, maybe that's Waymo. Uh, uh, yes, um, uh, I guess um, they're going, it seems like they're going full steam ahead. Connecticut, in the meantime, may be the next state to, to allow self-driving car tests. Yes, and it's very nice that the governor of Connecticut uh, has uh, has. Uh, started to consume the Kool-Aid here, and it's, um, it's, uh, it's a very nice statement of leadership uh, that he's made. And boy, would I like to see that uh, same leadership come out of the governor of New Jersey. Um, I've been trying to get that kind of, um, of enthusiasm for who knows how many years now, uh, total failure at it, uh, but maybe uh, there's hope. Well, there was a very interesting piece in The Verge that talked about Waymo and Tesla and data collection. That's important to advance the technology, all this data, and maybe as a revenue source as well? Well, maybe as a revenue source, but I, but I think uh, I think it's much better for each of them to continue to improve their products. And that's the wonderful thing about it, and to really de- deliver uh, excellent uh, uh, customer service. I mean, I I, I appreciate what um, what Tesla does in trying to uh, monitor the performance of their system, learn as they as um, uh, as uh, they are uh, uh, experiencing it. And not just learn from it, but improve it and then feed that back to the existing customer set, as opposed to just putting into it into the next product and saying, Oh, the product we sold you a couple of years ago or so on, that's no longer any good. Go come, go come buy the new one. And that's not their business model. They're there. You bought it. Um, uh, we're learning uh, uh, from uh, your use of it. And guess what? We're going to feed that directly back to you to give you uh, an improving product as you as you uh, own it. What a fantastic uh, uh, business uh, process and, and, and customer service policy. And I think we should all be, be praising them for that. As opposed to um, the way my car company treats me, uh, I bought it. Uh, I don't know if they're collecting data on it, but certainly they've never improved it in the years that I've owned it. And um, I'm not necessarily a happy camper about that. Well, Tesla, in the meantime, uh, continues to be involved in battles over data from crashes, uh, still at odds with the with the NTSB. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. That's that's a difficult one. Of course, the NTSB doesn't want to have doesn't want to be trickling out information until they uh, know that it's solid information to put out as, as a response. 
but in fact, uh, what the, the, the uh, aspects of having uh, really good data on what has happened uh, it basically allows for the time uh, to understand uh, what's going on to be much shorter than than has been their their deliberations in the past. So there's there's a conflict here, and I think that uh, Tesla, I, um, you know, just to protect their name. Uh, they're, they're at least saying, look, uh, we have information. We think it's solid. Uh, we think our customers should and the public should know it. And as long as it's not spin and it is, it is real and, uh, and authentic and, and true, then fantastic. Now, of course, then we go down the slippery slope of then, you know, the spin merchants on one, one end of another, one, uh, of an issue and the other end of an issue, uh, you know, the stuff that happens in elections and so on. I, I mean, it's just ugly. And, uh, and so therefore, um, one does have a, one does have an issue here. And, uh, with the information that's coming out, it's, it's, uh, you know, uh, Difficult to be on one side versus the other. Uh, they're both right. They're both wrong. Uh, but it, but I I I do uh, appreciate Tesla's um, efforts to say, look, this is just uh, if it's true. Look, this is just data. Here's the data. Here's this is solid information. Um, but then you know one can also be very cynical about that. We know how e easy it is to spin things, and so therefore one doesn't know uh, uh, know uh, the truth. Um, and so we're all desiring to have the truth. Um, but the, this is this is tough. This is tough. But I think um, uh, both uh, have good points and both have bad points. And, and some of this seems to be at odds with uh, some reporting out there that Tesla and the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration have been resisting releasing data related to the company's autopilot system with Tesla allegedly using disputed statistics to defend that system. Yeah, and again, it's, it's you know, it's the spin merchants maybe one way or another, and it, this is just ugly. I mean, all we want is... is is transparency here and maybe we need another independent entity that's out there that basically gathers this stuff quickly and makes it available and is the good housekeeping seal of approval of of the truth and again everybody would like to have the truth and uh, as we know today getting to the truth is is really tough one of the things that would that would be really bad in this in this automated driverless smart driving car revolution is is um, if uh, there isn't transparency and there isn't truth. If there are situations as we uh, ran into with uh, Volkswagen where they're faking it, um, uh, all of this. Uh, I don't think it can survive the faking it or the spinning it or the lying about it or the half truths about it. Um, because I think if, if that gets, if that becomes part of the burden on this, 
This is much worse than cybersecurity or any of the other potential downsides of, of this technology. And I think that um, that uh, the American public, the world public, will just say, forget about all this techno-jerko stuff. Um, I'm just going to go, go it alone, maybe. Um, um, I think uh, with the, the Zuckerberg testimony and, and all that, at some point we become, we're, we're going to get become frustrated at being manipulated. And um, and therefore, maybe we'll then turn off all the devices uh, and say, you know, forget about it. But um, uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm again. I'm I might be becoming an angry old man here and uh, and very frustrated. Um, but this this automated vehicle technology could be so very good. Could provide so much good mobility. Could could level the playing field, could make it affordable, can do an enormous amount of good. Uh, but then um, if, if uh, in doing that, uh, once one starts to cut the corners and fake it and lie about it and cheat and all that, uh, um, it's really going to hurt. <laughs> so um, I hope that that's not what Tesla is doing. Um, I hope they're just putting the data out there and here it is, uh, here are the hard facts, ma'am, uh, you know, here it is. Um, uh, because if they're not, then, uh, boy, we just should just walk away from it and just now uh, become responsible when we're driving and, and go back to a 55 Chevy. The interesting thing is uh, uh, there's a survey that was done recently by Autolist and uh, it said uh, consumers trust Tesla the most when it comes to self-driving car technology. Of course, we, we don't know how much these consumers know about what's going on overall, but uh, that was the results of that study. Well, that's that's another one of these surveys, and I don't know if you can believe any of them or what. It, it, again, it depends on exactly what was asked, asked and, and in what context it was placed. Because you you know depending on how you ask a question, you can get any answer you want. Uh, so um, uh, so one has to be careful there. Uh, Tesla is in the news. I, I, it seems as if uh, that uh, that that uh, the people that buy the product really like it, promote it. Uh, uh, I think are responsible with it. Um, uh, irrespective of what some jerks put out there in videos, um, uh, but um, and and so I, I think the, the perception that, that is out there, at least from my view of it, um, uh, certainly supports that. Uh, but again, um, uh, I think it's interesting, but but I don't think it's it's uh, uh, earth shattering and shaking in terms of news. You know, there's a revolution, maybe we should say evolution, uh, taking place all over the world with this technology, with some places being more forward-thinking than others, obviously. While Turkey unveiled a self-driving electric vehicle shuttle service in Istanbul this week uh, to be used at airports and uh, roads, I understand, without other traffic initially, at least, in our own backyard, you were dismayed by the draft of a strategic plan by the Central Jersey Transportation Forum. 
<laughs> yeah, because that's that's right here in River City, and and my goodness, uh, it, uh, it there's there's no substance in it. There's nothing in it. And it's just it's it's just unbelievable. So. Um, um uh yeah and i'm disappointed i guess i'll go to the meeting and and i don't know if i'll say anything uh, um because i'm just again gonna sound like an angry old man um uh, but uh boy there <laughs> it's great to hear the vision in the rest of the world it's great to hear it from connecticut and turkey and china and and um and california and arizona and texas and in, in Pennsylvania, uh, but my goodness, uh, it's a shame because if one looks at where, um, if, if Tesla, uh, you know, this, uh, te not Tesla, but if Waymo decides to basically spread the wealth with the, with the vehicles that they're acquiring and sprinkle them uh, throughout the nation, um, I think that right here again in River City and in Central New Jersey and in Mercer County would be an ideal place for them to uh, to uh, come in as a fleet operator of uh, driverless uh, vehicles and provide mobility um, uh, to uh, really to those who are mobility challenged. Uh, who don't have a good a good bus service from um, uh, from New Jersey uh, uh, transit, and and there are a lot of places uh, that can take uh, people uh, to and from the the, the what's really pretty good um, uh, rail service uh, that we have into New York and to Philadelphia um, to serve our our poorer communities and provide them mobility better mobility so that they can get to better jobs and so on and um and and provide that and in fact um, the kind of density that we have here is probably one in which uh it, it is very very um uh, appropriate for uh, the kind of ride sharing um and taking advantage of ride sharing opportunities uh, that an autonomous taxi operation could have. So, in fact, uh, we could be a, a, a very, very good, um, um, uh, let's say, uh, poster child uh, for this kind of mobility. Uh, we we have a, a little bit more variable weather, which is good. Uh, we uh, it sort of um, uh, doesn't have too many hills and so on. Um, the streets are pretty good, um, and so it would be a, a very, very good place uh, to, to uh, do um, um, an initial um, uh, deployment of an autonomous taxi system uh, using, um, let's say, um, a thousand or so of the, um, of the Waymo vehicles. And, and it would be nice to do it, but to do it, uh, basically, we need to put together a coalition of, uh, I think, a coalition of neighborhoods. And I'll go basically street by street, almost uh, as you do when you're running for something, but instead say, um, basically, in the neighborhoods, uh, would, it, would you be okay and would you uh, basically uh, uh, behave um, if uh, these autonomous taxis were to use your streets to provide mobility for, for folks. 
And um, and if you agree, then then guess what? You can also use it if you if you wish. Um, and therefore, um, basically, the quid pro quo for for uh, using uh, the street uh, your street uh, that goes in front of your house, uh, you get to use it. And and so the people that that say, well, hey, not in my backyard. Well, you say that's fine. We're we're not going to go down your street. Fine. Uh, we we can have connectivity with other streets, and we won't bother you. Thank you. But guess what? You can't use it. Okay, we're not going to go give you service. All right. And let's see who might come up and say yes. Um, I'm I'm looking at the at the what the mobility that this is going to provide to me. And therefore, um, I may not use it, but it's okay. And in fact, uh, uh, we believe that uh, uh, you're not going to run into things as you're going down down our streets. And if we could assemble then, a, let's say, a network of these things so that we can get throughout the Mercer County or central New Jersey, uh, there are probably 50,000 trips a day that, could, that, that would use such a, a, a thousand or so of these vehicles. And that would be very good utilization, and 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 people could then, uh, at least those that that opted in, could then say um, and give a good response as to whether they like it or they don't. If these things start crashing, and of course, shut her down. Um, if people don't like it, then take these things somewhere else. Uh, if people like it, guess what? All the the people that said that not my backyard are going to do, they're going to say, oh, hey, maybe we want it too. Well, then, geez, then let's go out and get some more of these vehicles and increase the fleet size from 1,000 to 10,000, and from 10,000 to 100,000, and let's throw this throughout Central Jersey and so on and so forth. So uh, that would be the way to do it, not to do it <laughs> when one has a uh, uh, sort of the vision in, in this community of, of what that strategic plan is. I mean, where do we have a lot of work to do? I think we got to get you a meeting with the governor and maybe some other folks yeah. too. Well, the governor, I don't know. I don't think the governor wants to talk to me. But, it's, but I think the, the important the, the concept that I just put out is that it's a grassroots concept. I look at local streets. I look at Cleveland Lane in front of me. That's That's my street. I guess, you know, somebody's going to argue with it, but, uh, uh, and the town, I, but that's, that's, and I think if, if the neighbors along that, along our street, we're having a block party this weekend and we can talk about it. Hey, everybody agrees. Then, then what? Somebody's going to tell us no. Now, if we can assemble those, that grassroots effort throughout neighborhoods, we're going to, we would end up, let's say, having the political power to then get the, the upper, um, uh, echelons of the of the of the governance to say, well, yeah, maybe maybe we should join in because guess what? These are voters. So in a sense, um, you know, I'm looking looking at the grassroots approach, and maybe I'm doing that because uh, I've been so unsuccessful looking at it from the top down uh, that um, I guess now I got to look at it from the bottom up. Interesting. Maybe a new maybe a new movement is is being born here. Whatever, I don't know, <laughs> maybe, but um, again, in the end, this is to provide mobility for individuals. And so therefore, this is, the, this. it should be built up from that. 
And, and you know, and it would be nice if, if, if New Jersey Transit would say, oh, this is a way for us to really expand our mission, which is to provide mobility for people. Our mission isn't to run trains. Our mission isn't to run buses. Our mission is to, is to provide mobility. And, and, and they should be doing it. But, oh, um, I don't, anyway, not there yet to get them to even think about it. They think that, they think that this is, this is taking ridership away from their buses. And so they're fighting it. Oh my goodness. They should be embracing it. Oh, everything you're talking about is relatable, not just to New Jersey, but to many, many other parts of the country and probably around the world as well. I think it's true for every neighborhood. I think that's why I said it. I, I think uh, Mercer County is a microcosm of um, you know, 75% of the United States. I'll throw that out there. You know, we're not a microcosm of Manhattan. Manhattan's a separate thing. But but Brooklyn and outer Brooklyn isn't really all that much different than than than, than even Princeton, Trenton, Hamilton, and you know Mercer County. And that's what to me that's always been one of the interesting things of of New Jersey. New Jersey I always considered was a microcosm of essentially all the United States. South Jersey is very rural. Central Jersey is sort of you know middle, and then North Jersey and parts of Hudson County are are pretty darn dense. Uh, of course, none of us have, are Manhattan, but Manhattan's a unique thing. Um, so, uh, but for the rest of the country, <clears throat> we're pretty representative. Well, finally, there was a story about uh, Toyota planning to roll out vehicle-to-vehicle and vehicle-to-infrastructure communications, and they're planning to do this within three years. You were kind of astounded by this. I was astounded because I thought, you know, that's the connected vehicle concept and, and that had been pushed for the, you know, <clears throat> 10 years ago and so on because people wanted to sell DSRC communications devices. Um, uh, I'm, I, I tried to look at the date of the article and said, my goodness, was this 10 years ago? But I, I don't know. Uh, I'm the wrong guy to comment on that. Well, we want to remind our listeners about the Smart Driving Car Summit at Princeton. It's coming up fast, the 15th and 16th of next month. Getting close, Alan. Yes, it's getting close. Uh, the program is pretty well set. Um, <clears throat> we're looking at this, again, as a, as a real interaction. Uh, we want the people that are, that are uh, attending to be participating and to uh, have a, an a enormous amount of exchange. Again, um, uh, we, we certainly don't have uh, anywhere near all the answers. I mean, we may not even have any answers. Um, this is still a problem uh, that needs to be worked. And uh, there are a lot of different directions that it could go, some of them good, some of them maybe not so good. And it needs everybody's uh, participation and, and, um, and um, contribution in this, uh, so this is uh, this is very much of a a contributing uh, type of, of summit. Uh, the workshops on the seventeenth are, are made uh, to uh, yes, there'll be leaders in each one of those categories, uh, but the uh, the uh, everybody's going to be there to learn from everybody else. 
and have have real exchange. And, um, and that's why it's, you know, at an academic institution, this is an academic thing. Um, uh, hopefully there, there, there will be no, you know, this isn't a sales event. This isn't a bunch of sales pitches. Um, it's a, let's work the problem. Let's see where we are. We are still at the very beginning of this. Uh, we can uh, still uh, uh, basically craft it so that um, it has uh, essentially all good outcomes uh, or um, uh, or maybe um, keep it from um, uh, having really bad outcomes. So um, uh, if you're interested and if you uh, think you have something to contribute, please come. And there's more info at summit.smartdrivingcar.com. And that's where you can find us, smartdrivingcar.com, and on iTunes, Google Play, lots more, even on your Amazon Alexa. You can look for my tech reports at textonation.com. I'm Fred Fishkin, along with Alan Kornhauser. Thanks for spending some time with us.